Hi, I'm Dora from Dora Nicolau and my drink of choice is a chai. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, it's Gemma here with you. And before we start today's episode, I have some very exciting news. As Work-Wife Wine Time is celebrating its birthday. Can you believe it? So we want to thank you for being here with us over these past two glorious years Who can believe it, right? So good. And we are bringing you more. We're starting a series over three months. That's right. Once a month of free live coaching workshops. How exciting is that? And the first one is with me, Gemma, myself, and I'm talking to you all about how to create habits that set you up for business success. That's right. And it's coming up really, really soon. And it is on Thursday, the 19th of May at 9am Australian Eastern Standard Time, 7pm Wednesday, the 18th of May, US Eastern Standard Time, and 6pm Wednesday, the 18th of May, Central Standard Time in the US. So Wednesday night and Thursday morning is where it's at. So how do you come along and how do you register? Well, all you need to do is jump on over to our Instagram, but please make sure you come back to the episode. Go to our Instagram, Workwife Wine Time, and hit the link in the bio. Or you can jump on over to our website, workwifewinetime.com, dot au forward slash workshop one that's workshop o-n-e one word how exciting is that we can't wait to see you there awesome so it's Gemma with you here today and welcome once again to work wife wine time how exciting it's another week here and I am so excited to connect you with our guest speaker this week, who is Melissa Forziat. Thank you for that pronunciation. I hope that's correct. And thanks for being here. (laughs) So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Let's get into it. (laughs) Awesome. So yeah, first of all, let's, um, let's introduce you. So tell us who you are and and what, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Melissa Forziad. I'm a small business marketer, but that's not where it started. Uh, So it started out, I was working major international sport events through my whole early adulthood. So I was working like Olympic Winter Games and Rugby World Cup, and I worked with the U.S. Olympic Committee. So it was taking me to different places, usually to different countries for, you know, a year or two per contract. Uh, And I loved that work. You know, I used to be a gymnast. I was so happy to find a way to continue the essence of sport in my life. And, you know, to find this way to work in that field was amazing. Um, And then after I had a job in New Zealand working with Rugby World Cup in 2011, and at that point, it was getting kind of hard to find those jobs internationally, just the, the way the landscape was at that particular moment. 
um, and the passport that I happened to hold, it was just getting a little hard to find those opportunities. So I was getting, <laughs> I was getting a little desperate and I was uh, living in Seattle, just sort of resting my head there, applying for work wherever. And I started to network a lot. And one day I, I was networking with somebody and he was describing really interesting projects. And he also had a position that was open in, in a role that I wasn't that interested in. And by the end of the conversation, he had really sold me on all these ideas that he had for like big marketing campaigns and big event projects that he wanted to do. So he said to me, hey, would you uh, want to apply for this job that's open? And I said to him, you know, I don't know that that's really the job I want, but these things you're talking about sound amazing. So if you ever wanted to work with me on them, I'd take you on as a client. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, what have I just done? You know, like he was offering me to be on the short list of a job that actually existed. And I said, hey, how about you just create a job for events that don't exist for a business I don't have? <laughs> So it turns out because, you know, you could do that. You could say to a thousand people that you have a business and it would land nowhere. But for some reason, two weeks later, I got an email from this man who didn't himself need me in that role, but knew somebody else who did. And so he made this connection that ended up becoming the first big client I had for my business. And so it was one of those things where he was like, hey, are you still taking clients? And as I'm writing the yes, I am email, I'm also Googling how to start a business. I mean, it was just, I mean, literally building the plane as I flew. Yeah. Um, but I think that's actually not so atypical of a lot of businesses. Like you do a thing really well. And you're doing it for somebody else. And then all of a sudden you're doing it for yourself. <laughs> you don't know how it happened, but that's just the circumstances led you there. So yeah, for me, it was, it was uh, an interesting road. All the skills that I had from my previous work experience absolutely helped me get to where I am. But I also, now I get to work with small businesses who are on a much tighter budget who are micro businesses who want to market or who want to be smarter about their resources and still get their brand out there. Um, so it's been a really interesting shift of mindset for me, but so fun to work through it. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that what a, what a fascinating start to a business story. You'd think I knew where it was going when it all started. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And well, how do you enjoy working for yourself and, and, and doing it that way now? Yeah, I, I do enjoy working for myself. And I think this is, you know, so many people are now experiencing what it's like to work on their own and some are realizing they love it and some are realizing they hate it. Mm. Um, I happen to be really introverted. So as much as I can speak confidently and speak to a group and network with a person, I really do like having time to myself and I like being able to make decisions um, the, you know, if, if there's a direction I want to go, I like to be able to say, yeah, I'll just do it instead of, I have to ask five people and get clearance on it. Like, it's nice to be able to set a creative vision for what's going to happen in your business and then just do it and have a committee meeting with yourself and just go, you know, that it's so, it's, it's so refreshing, uh, especially coming from something like the Olympic world where, you were definitively not the master of your destiny. I mean, there were so many people involved. You knew just your little piece and so many other people had their own little piece that worked around it. 
So to be able to look at the big picture of what I do and day-to-day make decisions about that is a flexibility I happen to love. And I, I appreciate that some of the things that I'm saying I love or that some of the things other people hate about business, but it helps to know what you're going into when you get started. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I love that. <laughs> Have you had that experience? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm similar in the way that um, I'm very introverted as well. People don't really realize that, but I love, there's nothing more I love than my own space. But on the flip side of that, I love being with people and in front of people and talking to people and networking and doing all of that. So I think within our own businesses, we get the best of both of those worlds because we can do our deep work alone and we can have that committee meeting with ourselves, you know, just like what you <laughs> yeah. said. Like, I love that. It's so funny because a lot of people, because um, I do speaking for marketing as well. And so many people are surprised when I tell them that I'm an introvert. And I imagine yeah. the same thing happens for you because yeah. you have, you can put on a face and you can put yourself out there in the world and you can do, you can do a podcast, but then you might need some time alone. <laughs> you might need a little time doing a spreadsheet or creating a graphic or, you know, like it's nice to have, if you're retreating into those moments, cause you want to, you know, that's where your energy is probably coming from. So it, it's always interesting to me, the, the people that everybody points to and they're like, she's so extroverted. It's often not what happens. Totally. Yeah. So interesting. Wow. I love when you meet people in, on podcasts and you find out there's so many similarities there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, before we sort of get into what we're talking about today, tell us, I mean, you've told us a little bit, but what... Tell us a little bit of your interests outside of business and Olympics, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, sport in its many facets has a fascination for me. I, I converted gymna- my love of gymnastics to a love of dance. So I've been doing different kinds of dance for a long time. Um, modern dance in the last quite a few years, which is handy because uh, it's a dance you can do alone. Um which a lot of types of dance did not survive very well when when people had to isolate. So it's been so great to have that outlet. Um, I used to do improv comedy, not to perform, but just to do like drop-in sessions and play. And it was so scary when I started, but it's, it, it gave me a confidence and skill that I take with me. So almost every interaction I have feels like an improv scene in a way. Um, and I also love watching and talking about movies or okay. TV shows for that matter. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I can't get enough of it. I look, and you know, now that I live in Southern California, which is where I'm based now, there's plenty of that to do. So, you know, I, uh, I love pouring into the details of like dark or comedic films and just seeing what comes out of it. <laughs> That's wonderful. I've got some dark movies I've watched that I really appreciate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> You never know what's going to come out in a film discussion, though. Everybody looks at the same thing differently, which is what I always find so interesting. Yeah. It actually gave me kind of an insight that I bring to my marketing, too, because it is amazing when you're discussing a film and five different people can watch it and everybody has something else that really struck them or, you know, the same thing one person loved, somebody else hated. Yes. So, 
you know, just to see like all of it's the same thing we all watched, you know, it's the same thing that was put out there. And yet it's completely different for everybody who's consuming it. And I feel that way about businesses too. And about brands. Cause it's like, you think you said this, but what do they think you said? <laughs> Cause that's what your business is. Absolutely. And, uh, man, that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting to look at it that way. Cause it's, it's true. Five people can watch the same movie. You can have complete five different opinions, you people, you know, and, and that's really when you know that everything is subjective and everything is up to that individual's interpretation of how they perceive yeah. something. And that's based on, you know, what they've learned in life or what they believe and all of that. And it's exactly the same with business, you know, and it, it's so interesting because that's when you can really start to understand, well, course you're not going to please anyone and that thing that I said five different people can take it five different ways I'm not going to please everyone some will hate some will love you know and it's um it's so interesting to think about it the same way as as movies actually I love that Mm -hmm. yeah I'm just kind of thinking this through as I'm talking it out right now but you know I also think the same can be said about business coaches who work with you like it's amazing how many people give you advice about your business unsolicited often, um, where it's like, oh, you should really do this. Oh, you should really do that. And sometimes the wisdom is good. And sometimes it's based on their reality of what they think your business is supposed to be. And it's actually not what you wanted your business to be. So I, I think, you know, as much as that can happen with potential customers or clients, it can also happen with people who are supposedly mentoring you. And I think that's where having an instinct for what your business is, you have to have a little bit of that inside you at all times so that you know when to say no or when to say yes, because a good idea can be a good idea, just not for you. And it's only on you to say whether it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And and that's, yeah. You know, as I guess someone that does business coach, it's always up to the individual you know, I, based on my studies and my knowledge, I can offer X, Y, Z, but of course it's up to that intuition and what does feel right for you, you know? Mm. Um, And then it can be an issue in business because then you can jump into like compare and despair, you know, this person's doing this and this person's doing that. And then you'll go down that massive loophole of Oh, that's no fun. We've all been there. Let's face it. Every single one of us has been there where it's like, how is it that you did this and it's great. And I did this and it did nothing happened. (laughs) Like, you know, it's, it's amazing, but you know, there's every, everybody has a completely different business journey. That's it. I mean, it's based on everything. It's based on the network you have. It's based on the experience you have. It's based on luck. You know, if you just happen to email somebody on the right day or not, you know, it can make a totally big difference in your, in your business. And it's just, you know, when we get into that that comparing thing, which is what we're really guided to do nowadays, it's hard not to, but it really is about like, what do you want for your business? If that's at the center, you'll probably head in the right direction. Absolutely. Oh. I love this. How fun. Let's 
let's actually get into what we're here to uh, speak about today. But it sounds yeah, I'm like just going to take you on every tangent. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like we could have about 10 different podcasts come out of this one. So that's exciting. Um, but what, what we are um, going to discuss today is collaborations and cross-marketing for businesses. Um, and of course, you know, what better way to talk about this and to have an expert who is you in the house. So that's exciting. Um, and tell us, first of all, uh, what are business partnerships? So tell us all about that. Absolutely. Uh, and this idea, you know, a little backstory, you know, when you were like, what would you want to talk about? I said, how about business partnership? The, the flow of that conversation was exactly the flow you want everything to look like. It was like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's bring ideas to the table. Let's figure out what this would look like. Let's turn it into a podcast. And I think that's what I think about when I think about partnerships. I understand that legally there are partnerships too. You can have a legal business partnership, but that's not the point of today's conversation. Today is really just saying, well, what if you unofficially just looked at another business owner or another influencer or whoever and said, I think we can help each other and then decided to figure out a way to do it. That's the world that we want to live in, right? Because when you do something like that, especially when you're a small business owner, you don't have a lot of resources, relationships can make all the difference in the world. And if two business owners are both hustling and then they come together and boost each other's voice, you doubled your efforts in a way. Um, and that's so powerful because you didn't have to spend that amount of time to get there. So it's really about just building alliances with other businesses that have, you know, a like, a like-minded approach to how they want to collaborate and hopefully a similar target market and together, you know, what can't they do? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And what, I guess, what are the benefits of doing that, of looking into, um, you know, if you find someone who you think, oh, yeah, we could have a partnership, we could collaborate, what's the benefits of that for business owners? Yeah, well, when you think about it, everybody out there is trying to build their space in the world. They're looking to build the network around their business, the community around their business, and they're, they're, they're building resources for their business, and they're all doing it independently in their own silos. And, you know, with two people doing that, if they come together now, all of a sudden there may be synergies there in your audience and the reach of the target market you want to have in the resources that you've built. Um, you know, sometimes it can be, it can go as deep as like, if you're helping a client with this, I could probably also help them with this. And now all of a sudden pass referrals on to each other. But it can be less complicated than that, too. It can just be, you know, I have a newsletter and you have a newsletter. Let's share each other in our newsletters. And all of a sudden, your whole audience that you've spent all this time building has now been exposed to another business you trust. And they've done the same thing for you. And I think there's just a potential there. Like, I, I don't know if people, I think as business owners, we get started and we're alone usually, you know, I mean, sometimes you'll see, you know, sometimes you'll see somebody who starts with a formal business partnership and they have, you know, two people running the business. But for the most part, when you're operating your business, you're only able to think about your business and you sort of lose the landscape of what's around you. But when you remember the landscape of what's around you, that's when you get deeply embedded into your community and communities are what makes small businesses thrive. 
So if you can be an initiator of that and you can get those conversations going, there's so much power to it. And you don't have to even spend any money to do it. You could, or you can just spend time to build the relationship, but a good relationship goes such a long way. And it's something people don't even think about as marketing. But to me, it's the most important thing that you can do for marketing because everything else is empowered with the relationships that you've built. Yeah, totally. And I guess, how do you go about forming these type of relationships with other businesses? It's a good question. I I would start by thinking about what types of businesses are reaching the types of people I want to reach. You know, so for me, I might think, Ooh, what other types of businesses are reaching small businesses? Mm-hmm. But if you're, if your business is you're trying to reach mothers of two-year-olds, okay, great. What other kinds of businesses out there have products and services for mothers of kids in that age bracket or younger and they're going to eventually go into that, that market. Um, so really like expanding your mind and thinking about who else is out there in this space, talking about something that doesn't even compete with me, that we can just join forces in some way and make each other known to our audiences. Um, so I, I always start with like building a list of that, just coming up with categories first. It's amazing when you really start digging into it, like, oh, I could reach out to businesses in this category or this one. And then looking for specific ones and, and then doing that outreach. And it could be that you, that you engage with them on social media first to start to get their attention or that you walk into their business location and you just start making a relationship or that you email them and you just say, I'm looking for something mutual. Like I have an audience that's similar to yours. I think we can help each other. And here's some of the things we can do for each other. Um, for me, that first outreach is really important in what you say, because you either lose somebody's attention forever (laughs) or, or you have a chance to get it. And the people who lose me right away are the ones who come to me. They interrupt my day to tell me what I can do for them. So, you know, it's like, oh, that was cool how I can help you, but you're the one (laughs) who contacted me. So where do we both benefit here? And I think if you can frame something, knowing that that person's going to be wondering, well, how does this help me? How does this help my business? And if you can say we can help each other because we both have the same audience, then it puts it on this equal footing, this there's a possibility to collaborate here versus you're doing me a favor and people are not as likely to do a favor for a stranger. But if they know that this time spent could also build their business, it changes the conversation completely. And it's also more comfortable to have because you don't just go in with like this hard pitch. It's saying, Hey, can we help each other somehow? And throwing the question out there and just seeing where the conversation goes. Oh, yeah, I love that. Um, it's it's really interesting. And it's I think it's really important about speaking about how we can help each other. You know, um, hey, we have the same audience. Here's what I think we could both benefit from um, in a collaborative way, not in a, you know, competing way. And And I love that because why not, right? Like why not look at growing um, businesses and target audiences when you can together. Um, it's, yeah, it's awesome. I love that. Well, and you're a great model for this, right? I mean, this work-life wine time is 
you're bringing people on to talk about business. This is collaboration every time you have a podcast. So, I mean, anybody listening to this can learn from what you're putting out there. And, you know, the fact that, you know, to get people to be guests, you have to have this conversation every time. And, you know, if they can use that as a model and apply that back to their business, like there's so much to learn from how you see other people doing it. And, um, you know, it's totally possible to do like people that you haven't even met yet could be a great advocate for your business if you're willing to be one for them. So it's just like, how do you get creative and find the way there? Yeah, totally. I love it. Um, and I'd, I'd love to talk a bit about cross-marketing. Can you tell us a bit about, about that and how it fits in with everything that we're talking about today? Yeah, there, there are probably a lot of different terms that mean cross-marketing. And yeah. the idea is just, I'm doing marketing on my side. You're doing some things for marketing on your side. So which of those things can we do where we can leverage each other? Mm. Um so if I like to think of it that way, where it's like, okay, because cross-marketing doesn't have to be you both do the same thing for each other. It could be, I've got a newsletter and I'm going to shout you out there. And then the other person could say, I'm going to share some of your stuff on social media. And they're different acts, but you're using that to create space for each other on whatever marketing tools you're using. But it could even be something like, um, you know, if you were going to a networking event in person and your plan was like, I'm gonna refer, I'm gonna make sure that I mention you in this space or in this circle and you'll do the same thing for me over there. I think you can use this idea in so many different ways that you market. So it's really just like, what am I doing to get myself out there? And then how can I bring you into that space too somehow? And That way it's not like I have to create all new marketing. It's like whatever I'm doing, I can do it better with a friend and you just build from there. All right. Yeah. Awesome. And could you you give us a a couple or a sort of specific example of a type of this collaboration cross-marketing done with, with two businesses? Like what is something they can do together? Yeah. So, um, You know, I think about, for example, like a photographer who wants to get a a mini shoot event on, but there's so many other businesses that could be part of that, right? So it's like, I'm going to put together this event, but do I have to do that alone? Or could I talk to a hair makeup stylist? Can I talk to somebody who's like a, a wardrobe consultant? Could I talk to somebody who does videography as well so they can capture more than one element of it? Can, you know, what other businesses could I potentially get involved that can be shouted out in this space? And that's kind of a complex example because it's around an event and it's a big deal, but you could also do um, a contest or a campaign on social media where you involve multiple businesses instead of just your own, where you know they're all promoting it and you're all getting that reach together and helping to boost each other's reputation. So like anything that you do that's a collaboration, it can be done with one of business or influencer or like a lot of other ones, if you get really thoughtful about how you organize it. Um, so I tried to give like a really complex and a less complex example, but you know, there's just so much room for thinking about like, what can we do? You know, how can we best shine a light on our businesses? And that can be tailored in a conversation between whichever businesses are taking part. Totally. I love it. 
And how does that sort of start to then increase your target audience for the both businesses? Yeah, well, it does a few things. Part of it is that it increases it. And part of it, I think, is that it deepens it. And us as introverts, I think we like deeper relationships, right? So, you know, part of it is like, if you're reaching people that I wasn't reaching before in my target market, great, because now you've exposed me to brand new people. But there may have been people in the audience who had already heard about both businesses and were already kind of aware that the fact that they've seen you join forces, the fact that you're validating each other in this way makes them think even better. I trust this business. So now I trust this one even more sort of feeling to it. And honestly, and this is why referrals are important. This is why testimonials become important. This is why we look for reviews because we want the validation as consumers before we make a choice. So if all you're doing is marketing your own business, it's not as powerful as if other people are speaking on your behalf. And if you can plant some of those people out in the world, all the better, right? Because word of mouth doesn't have to be a happy accident. It could be like, we're actually trying to generate this for each other. And then all of a sudden you do have the momentum behind the word of mouth. So it's a, it's one of the things I like about being intentional about doing a, a strategy like this. Totally. And I'd love to really chat a little bit about how this is truly collaborating and not competing like you know because I know a lot of businesses and many people still sort of freak out they're like oh but you know this still feels a bit threatening and it feels a bit like competition like how can you really help our listeners to you know I I guess address those issues that oh yeah competition is scary right I mean thinking that you're competing with somebody is a scary thing because it puts you on this I have to beat you plane Mm. and In reality, a lot of businesses don't require you to, like many businesses don't require a consumer to pick one business or the other. They can do an and situation. So that's one thing to consider. Like even like a coach could, a person could be coached by more than one coach at a time. A person could take more than one course. A person could buy two of a product of different brands. Uh, You know, it can happen in a lot of industries where you're actually there's nothing saying that the consumer can only buy one of your things, right? So already that starts to open up the conversation. But if you do still feel like the person you're talking to is a competitor, but you think there could be something there to work with them on, look at where your businesses are different. You know, do they specialize in serving a different type, like a slightly different type of audience? Do they do it in a different way? Do they, do they do it with a different tool? Do they deliver it differently? Um, you know, are they better with a certain revenue level if it's business to business? Like it, start with me here and then you'll grow into this other business. So if you're able to do a little digging, like if there's a business you have in mind and you're like, oh, I think I'm competing with them. Actually look at their website and see how they're marketing themselves and see who they're trying to talk to and ask yourself, does that fully and completely overlap? Or is there a potential here? And the other thing to be aware of too, is that for some of us, you know, depending on what your business model is, for some of us, if you're owner operator and you're, you're doing all the work yourself and you have filled up your time, but you don't want to be saying no to people all the time, because you know, there's going to be lulls in your business too. Having somebody to refer for that overflow business that you're comfortable with 
could be a good option. For some of us, when we get to that point, we would rather like have passive income sources or we'd rather find ways to take ourselves out of the business. But if you don't want to do that and you just want to have a backup, you could potentially come up with an arrangement to have this like overflow business person to take it on. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of things to consider here. And I will say, um, you know, as we've seen through a pandemic, so many businesses reaching across the aisle to the people they thought were competing against them and getting into deep conversations about how to keep their industry going. It's been really inspiring to me because there are a lot of people who probably weren't comfortable to have conversations before who suddenly are saying, how do we make our industry survive so that all of us get to the other side of it. And I hope that the, the spirit behind those conversations can continue, you know, well past everybody getting on their feet. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And yeah, between lockdowns and all of that, and I'm sure you're aware we had the longest one in the world over, wow. over here down under. So that- <laughs> It's such a strenuous thing. And I think a lot of people who are consumers who don't know anything about the business world are, well, I can tell you in the States, the attitude around, ah, you know, businesses are just lining their pockets. Like they should have budgeted for this. People didn't necessarily have an understanding of the businesses that were really being impacted. Like nobody budgets for zero revenue. (laughs) That's not a thing you do. That's called a hobby not a business that you support yourself on, you know, lining your pockets. Most of the business owners that I work with are people who, you know, they, they sell this one product and they can keep the lights on, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who are making ends meet, not necessarily, you know, being greedy, which is a perception that some people had here, Um, And so I think it's why it's been so important to advocate for who we are that are running these businesses. Like your friendly, it's your friendly neighborhood baker, you know, that they're not getting rich quick. (laughs) Like they're, they're your friendly neighborhood baker with kids in school, just like you. And it's, it's, um, it's been interesting to see like how competitors have been able to brace each other during this time to help the advocacy, but also hopefully to build a stronger community around what they're doing. There's a lot of re-education that we need, <laughs> at least Absolutely. at least in the States. I hope it's not as bad um, in Australia that people have an awareness of what a lockdown really means for a business. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we do now, right? Like, like you said, people don't budget for zero revenue, but people don't budget for, okay, your business is not allowed to open for six months. You're not allowed to say your business is events or say you're a performer, you know, theaters won't be open now for the next two years. Sorry. You know, so it, it was next level here. Right. Mm-hmm. It absolutely <laughs> breaks my heart. And yeah. in a way, it was complex in a slightly different Like, if you look at the event industry here, for example, it was yeah. complex in a slightly different way here because nobody was officially saying you can't open. Mm-hmm. And people were taking it day by day. So, like, contracts became a nightmare because yeah. the buck had to stop somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, should it be at the venue? Should it be at the organizer? Well, did you know, is this force majeure? Is this an emergency situation everywhere or mm. just for part of your audience? So n- having it be a part, like 
muddier waters yes. also created muddier contractual situations. Um, and so I think everybody's had uh, some sort of a really uncharted <laughs> process during this time, but it breaks my heart to know that you have had businesses that have been told they can't open for six months to two years. Um, yeah. That's devastating. Yeah. Ours went to completely zero. Sorry. You know, people lost everything overnight. Um, it was, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been intense. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I get it. And in that way, like you were saying earlier about how do we work together to save this entire industry, you know, the events mm-hmm. industry didn't exist here for close to two years of yeah. all of it, you know, it, it's such a new era and a new everything. And I'm sure so many events people have come together whether they're you know performers creatives um, suppliers organizers venues you know I think they're all collaborating in big ways now because of the last two years of almost basically being non-existent and then when you get into the habit of thinking about that I mean obviously we're talking about an emergency situation but you can collaborate in non-emergency situations too so to take that mindset and say okay what's the problem we're working the problem we're working is we want to build our businesses we want to build our audiences we want to build into a new space that will be more resistant against threats of whatever nature and you know you can work a problem together with a competitor um, and maybe bolster each other in finding a way through it. So, you know, if, and you can do it with non-competitors too, where it's just like, I'm just going to support you in getting out there. So, I mean, if people aren't taking a serious look at partnership after our conversation, I don't know what else to say. Cause th- you know, like there's so, I can't think of a downside as long as you trust, you really do believe in the way that they run their business. Um, and you're not just like getting into business with somebody or not getting into business, but getting into a collaboration with somebody that runs their business in a way that doesn't jive with you. Um, that would be a problem, but as long as it does mesh, then you have all this power to make choices that can support each other. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess what, what does it mean to you? Like collaboration over competition, what does it mean for you and your business? Um, you know, I think I'm wired to think about collaboration. I, and I, I think actually part, part of the reason for this is my experience working with Olympic games. Like when you're working on big projects like that, you have your own space, you have your own client group, you have your own tasks and anything that you do impacts dozens of other people. So there's always this conversation about, when this thing happens, who else needs to know? When, you know, when you do this, I need to know. And this ability to figure out the web of people that you want to stay in touch with to make things happen faster, that was really empowering to me as a young professional. Because then when I started my business, I thought, how can I make that web for myself? You know, it just so happens I landed in an organization that filled all those roles for me. But what if I had to build it myself? Who do I want in that network? And so this idea that I don't have to do anything completely by myself. If I want to build an audience, I can, I can reach out to people and we can do it together. Or if I want to solve a problem, I can reach out to people and get opinions. And 
Um, you know, I can make a decision on my own, but isn't it better to be informed and isn't it better to have options and often more powerful to have other people who have your back. So when you're a business owner, you have to create it yourself. You don't just automatically land in that situation. Um, you know, you have to hire your team or you have to find people in the community. And if you can build that, it becomes your team. And you get to take that with you, however you build your business. So I think, I think it comes from that route for me. I always found it interesting, like, you know, working in Olympic games, we would do these things, we'd call them tabletop exercises, where you'd sit around with all the people from different venues, um, or one venue, all the people from different roles within that venue. And somebody would say, okay, um, does the ice machine breaks down on the ice? What do you do? And then everybody goes around the table and they just start talking about what information they need, who they're going to call, what their clients are going to need. And you start, if you do a few of those, it's like, okay, so pretty much every single one of these, I have to call five people. <laughs> so you're on my speed dial. Yeah. And now I have practiced this, like, here's where the information needs to flow. So I, I do think I've taken that with me. Yeah. into my business and I built it for myself. Absolutely. I love that. It's so interesting. Um, well, after all of that, can you tell us where can our listeners find you if they want to work with you? Yeah. So I'm at Melissa Forziat events.com. Uh, Melissa, that's one L two S's Forziat F O R Z I A T events.com. Uh, hopefully that'll be in the show notes too. And, um, you find me there and I have a ton of free marketing resources there. If you're on a budget, you're just looking for wisdom, uh, looking for ideas. I have a whole ebook, like a 25 page ebook about marketing on a budget, tons of past blogs. Um, so it's a really good space for somebody who's like thinking they need to work on marketing. They don't have a lot of resources to do it. And they just want to start getting ideas of how to do it within their means. Um, so find me there and all the ways that you can connect with me are right there. Yeah, fabulous. I love that. And before we finish up, what is, what's your biggest tip to leave our listeners with today? Um, my biggest tip, don't go quiet in your business on like every level, right? I, I think um, a lot of times people think they start a business and people will just like flock to it. And then it's just suddenly a big shock when you realize nobody's just flocking to my business. I haven't just gone viral overnight or I haven't you know, made all the revenue in one night. Um, and you start realizing you really have to work at it and you have to get out there all the time and, and you just keep putting your passion out there for your business. So, so don't be quiet about your business. Like put the words out there, tell people what you do, make sure people know you're still in business, make sure people know that you want to work with them and, um, you know, keep, keep pushing at the edges because business is so hard. Uh, it, it's not easy for almost anybody to start a business, even though we think it probably should be. And we think it's easy for everybody else. It's that comparison yeah. thing again. Yeah, It's really not. We've all had to struggle with it. So don't get stuck in feeling like, why didn't it work for me? Just don't go quiet. Just keep going at it and, and build your business. And uh, if it, if it takes time, it takes time, but every day we can do things that just move us a little bit forward somewhere. Um, and before you know it, you've come a long way, but it's, it's usually in little steps. 
Yeah, I love I love that. That's a wonderful tip. Just yeah, don't go quiet. <laughs> what advice do you give people? I'm sure you ask this question a lot. Huh? But do you answer it very often? What what advice do I give people about which question in in general business or what? The, like what what's your biggest advice, your biggest tip for a business owner? goodness me he's putting me, <laughs> he's putting me on the spot I did I threw a question right back at you on this yeah one. you did because <laughs> I want to know I mean I know you're a business coach right so maybe my it's big- something that comes up all the time or absolutely know. my biggest is and it, it's really interesting you mentioned something really similar earlier um it is is be yourself you know don't don't compare and despair. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Um, don't make decisions because this other person did that thing. You know, uh, my my biggest tip is to just is to be you, and I I believe that is the best marketing strategy you can have because people will come to you because they want to work with you. You yeah. know, and for my first couple of years of business, I tried to be this business person and how I think I should have been. And it just wasn't aligned at all, you know, but if you're out there being yourself, it, I just think it's, it's what works. Don't try to be someone else. Don't do things that don't feel right for you. You know, that's yeah. Just really be true to yourself in your business and then really reconnect with why was it I started my own business? It wasn't to be someone else. It wasn't to do it another way. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you can it's lose such that. good advice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it sounds like the kind of advice people hear and they're like, that's not, who am I though? Really? That doesn't really work. It's like, actually that is what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everything your, your, your product, your service, your business is different because you are different. So how, Yes. And that's what will attract people to it at the end of the day. Exactly. And and if you really look at, you know, a USP, like unique selling proposition, right? These days, especially with us sole business owners, that probably is that one little unique thing, you know. There's mm-hmm. how many other billions of event companies out there and a billions of business coaches, right? But what makes mm-hmm. you different is your spin on it, is is you doing that you know if if you swear then put some swear words in your socials have some on your website swear a bit on your podcast don't try and be different the people who don't like your swearing they won't come to you and why Mm -hmm. would you want those people anyway you want those people that want you right that are going to be like the with you for life people right? Yeah. That are all in. You don't want the half-assed people. Well, full, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause they're going to go somewhere else over time. They'll, exactly. they'll find somebody they connect with more. Exactly. Yeah. We, so often we make decisions about, about who we connect with and that's where we make our business choices too. So put it, don't make it hard for people to figure it out. <laughs> like, exactly. I think people take a generalist approach a lot because yeah, they cool. think it's safer and then they've sort of let nobody in. It's yes. a counterintuitive thing, but it's real. <laughs> and it's like, well, if I don't know for sure you're talking to me, then you must not be talking to me. And it's not what we think is happening. But the moment you start getting clearer about who you are, the, the people start coming to you that you resonate with. And it's not an accident. No, it's not. Absolutely not. And I think that is sort of the beauty of even collaborations 
there as well. You know, maybe there are some things and areas that your target audience could benefit with with someone else and the same as them coming to you and working together. But, you know, if you're not sort of being yourself, when you start working with someone, you may even confuse them and be like, oh, but when I read that post and I listened to that and now I'm, this person seems a bit different than they were, you know, yeah. so it's to keep it all the same. And the best way to do that is just be yourself. Don't try yeah. and pretend. I love it. That's, yeah. that's good advice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's my little, <laughs> yeah, that's my little 10 cents worth there. But anyway, we are basically out of time, but goodness me, but thank you so much. It was great to talk with you. And, you know, and also just thank you for doing this. I, you know, what a resource this is for anybody who listens to just get like a little warm hug and some good information every time you do a podcast. I mean, it's so, it's so brilliant. And I, uh, I hope people appreciate the resource and, and the community that you build here. Yeah, it's really growing, which is wonderful. And it's growing internationally as well, which is what we're really excited about. Yeah. Well, there's just no boundaries at this point, right? You can exactly you can pass Absolutely. good information on anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love that you called it. It's like a warm hug. I love that. Oh, it is. We're like a nice warm hug. New branding. <laughs> new, new tagline. If you just listen to it quite fine time, it's like a nice warm hug. Thank you so much for that. I love it. It was such a pleasure. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me again. And that is a wrap to all our fellow work wives out there. Remember, you're not alone because there are no borders just as Melissa just said, and remember, collaboration is power. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.